Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. The miners, BHP, Rio and S32 lead the way in reporting season. So what's the outlook in this sector and for these stocks? Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now before we move on, show your support for the channel and hit that subscribe button just below and remember to click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also remember to tune in to our live Australian Stock Market Show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. This is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market and trading experts, to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your questions. Soaring iron ore prices and a low Australian dollar have failed to excite the market, as miners including BHP, Rio and South32 came in as expected with their quarterly updates this week. While miners led the corporate reporting season, which is currently underway in Australia, what can we expect across the broader market? Now, despite mixed feelings in the market, I believe that the outlook for the Australian stock market is still bullish over the medium to long term. That said, the market is expected to pull back in the short term, which I'll discuss in more detail shortly. Now, BHP, Rio and South32 updated the market this week with BHP reporting an overall production increase of 11% for the June quarter, with iron ore production up 12%. Rio, on the other hand, reported that iron ore production was down 7% for the quarter based on the previous year. Both Rio and S32 were down this week, whilst BHP remained flat. Recent operational challenges, decreases in production guidance and concerns about future production cost increases have dulled the material sector's performance over the past month. Given this, I do not expect anything exciting next week as FMG and Newcrest Minings are due to deliver their report. Santos has had a stellar year reporting record production volumes, sales and revenue along with $600 million in free cash flow. Now, after rejecting a $14.4 billion takeover bid earlier this year, the sky does seem to be the limit for this stock, up over 30% this year. Now, given this, Santos should be on your radar right now. Despite this, Santos Energy surprised the market by falling after releasing its positive trading update. This is likely due to profit takers locking in gains. Now, you can't blame them. What a better time to sell than on good news which is why it is not uncommon to see stocks fall heavily when they report all-time profits. 
Remember, the big players are buying these stocks at lower prices before these reports come out and are doing so for the long haul. Therefore, it's no surprise that they will cash in when the sun is shining. Woodside, on the other hand, fell heavily this week after reporting both its quarterly production and revenues were down. In my opinion, given that the stock has good support around $33, this fall may be short-lived. Although, if it breaks below this level, it will fall to $30 or below. Over the past couple of weeks, the All Ordinaries Index has moved down slightly as the waiting game by investors continue. Some are waiting for the market to trade through its all-time high before entering the market, whilst others are waiting for some good news to arrive. This may come from jobs data and ultimately the RBA's outlook on the cash rate. Unemployment remained steady during the June quarter at 5.2%. And whilst we are at historical low levels, it's important to consider that the population has increased. In 2010, the unemployment was at a similar level at around 5.3%, with a population of 22.12 million people. Today, the population is around 25.08 million people, which means there are 130,000 more unemployed people compared to 2010. Not to mention more people are opting for casual part-time work, which has resulted in lower wages growth in recent years. So whilst the unemployment rate may appear to be relatively good, we've really not improved over the last 10 years, as there are now more people out of work or looking for jobs. Based on this, it's really understandable why the economy is relatively flat and interest rates are low. Whilst the government's tax refunds of $1,000 will start to hit bank accounts soon, it will be interesting to see if this actually stimulates the economy as expected. In my opinion, what's more important is how the government plans to create more jobs to stimulate the economy. Let's now take a look at this week's top and bottom performers. Looking at the sectors, consumer staples was the big winner, up over 5%, followed by healthcare up nearly 4%. Energy was the loser this week, down over 3%, while the financials and communication services sectors were just in the red for the week. The top performing stocks in the S&P 100 include Northern Star Resources, up around 16%. This was followed by Evolution Mining, up over 10%, and Blue Scope Steel, up around 6%. The bottom performers include Simic Group, which was punished after poor results, down nearly 19% for the week. AMP was not much better as its shares fell another 20% to a record low of $1.76 after the company reported it was unlikely to sell its life insurance arm and that it would not be paying a dividend for the first half of 2019. It closed the week down over 16%. AMP's result was to be expected given its involvement in the fees for no service scandal which was highlighted in the Royal Commission earlier this year. And if you're someone who likes to bottom pick, this stock is yet another strong example of why you should never try to bottom pick. Many retail investors bought AMP believing it was already cheap and so tried to grab a bargain, only for it to fall away heavily last week, catching these people in the fall. I'm sorry, but in my opinion, there's not much hope of a rise anytime soon for investors. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. 
Okay, don't you love it when reporting season's around because it does add a lot of volatility to our market. And last week was absolutely no exception to that. So if we have a look, quick look at the chart, if I can get my mouth working around uh, everything today, it's a bit cold here in Melbourne. And looking at the chart, you can see this is a weekly chart of the All Ordinaries Index. And you can see here, last week's bar, if I expand that right out, it opened pushed right down earlier in the week and come back and close just slightly low. If we take a quick look at the daily chart, you'll see what I mean. So we had a move down and then on Friday had a really, really nice strong move up 55.1 points uh, to close out at seven or six, seven, eight, six points for the week. Now that's a really, really nice sign that the market doesn't want to go down. Now I did expect one to two weeks down into this sort of blue area here before we start our next move up into sort of my area up around that 7200 points i still think uh, it may if the market is up this week we are likely to break through that level at uh, from a couple of weeks ago that six if i can read that six eight five zero points and i do think if it does do that but i still am expecting possibly another week down given we are in reporting season it is possible we get another week down we might even get another two weeks down but right now it is still looking good for our market to rise up through into august breakthrough to make a new all-time high and as i said to my uh, a few times my target or my top end target for this move up is around about 7200 points which is not a huge um, move in terms of we look at our price range a price percentage there you're looking at six to seven percent now our market could move six to seven percent or close to that over the next four to six weeks um, not too difficult if it does get bullish so this what i'm expecting it may not make 7200 points it may be just a really quick run up before it makes the high uh, before moving down later into the as i said into september october area that's where i expect the next low to be so what we're going to do now is go into some of the questions that you have for me now the first question that I've got from Nelson Abella, he said, Hi Dale, thanks for another great show. I am six months into my investing journey. Well done matey, starting your investing journey, that's great to see. Um, and have found your latest book really helpful. So that would be Accelerate Your Wealth, my latest book. So thanks for buying it mate. I'm really glad you're enjoying it, getting a lot out of it. He asked, what is your opinion on ETFs? I currently hold ANZ BHP CSL and Appen in my portfolio. So I'm assuming they're direct shares, obviously, uh, that you're doing. We will look at BHP in a minute, um, but CSL's a great stock. ANZ has been down for a little bit of a, a period, but it does look all right. And Appen, um, it doesn't look too bad either. Um, would adding an ETF be wise? I'm wondering where the beta shares A200 or VAS would be good buy options at the present. Thanks, Nelson. So with exchange traded funds, there's good and bad with both with those uh, in terms of it looks like anything, there's good and bads with anything. Anything that's index related, like BetaShares A200, which it said basically it's gonna match the top 200 or the XJO in the Australian market. Therefore, it's a waste of your time buying that. The argument for buying index funds is about diversification and they push that heavily saying, you can't diversify into 200 stocks, let us do that for you. And that's a whole lot of BS to me in terms of getting better returns. The reason why you wanna get into the stock market is to get better returns and have minimal risk uh, and keep all low risk. When you're reading my book, you'll understand the diversification is an overused term by the industry to scare you into doing things like getting into index funds 
or getting into ETFs or using you know um, industry super funds, those sorts of things. It really is a myth that you shouldn't uh, buy into um, as an investor. All you need to do, if all you did was buy the top 10 stocks on the Australian stock market, you'd do better than an indexed uh, ETF. That's, you will do that and seriously, just go back any year, you'll do better than them. But the important thing is also, also to have that a, your downside risk protected as well. So when you're reading my book, look at that stop loss section pretty carefully because I do suggest you do that. But let's have a quick look at BHP on the chart. So if I look at that for you, and I'm only gonna look at that, this one for you, but BHP looks really, really nice. It's one of the stocks that you do own. And as I said, you own CSL, which is another great stocks. So you've picked a few great stocks to start off with. All too often I see people bottom pick, like I mentioned earlier in the report, like looking at cheap, cheap stocks. Uh, we see that so often people buying those really cheap under a dollar stock, thinking they're gonna get better value out of them. You're getting better value out of these. BHP just looks so bullish at the moment and it looks very, very, very nice. I don't think you've got too much to worry about. Um, although that said, I would expect BHP to probably run out of steam in the next 12 months. So always be prepared to sell when it starts to come down. But right now I'd be hanging on to this share for that. Uh, the next question we've got is from Mark Hall. And Mark said, thanks for that, Dale. Loved your book. Everything you need to know for the beginner without getting bogged down in useless information. Loved it, <laughs> Mark. Uh, thanks, Mark. That's really good, nice feedback on my book. I'm glad uh, you're getting a lot of value out of my book. So if, if you are new to the market, just grab the book. It's pretty cheap. Um, to get it. You can get it at all bookstores, get it online, however you like it. Remember, if you're going into Amazon, you'll get the US version of my book. It's got green on the cover, so you'll know it's the US version. Same content, it's just using the Dow stocks rather than the ASX top 20 stocks, but uh, go to the bookstores and get the Australian version. That's what I would suggest you do anyway. The next question we've got is from Eunice T. Uh, can you please review Challenger stock? I did that a couple of weeks ago, I think, but uh, I will do it again today. Um, I bought it when it was $7.80. 88 and has since decreased significantly um, at Wealth Within. Um, I did ask her if she had a stop loss and she said no exit strategy. It's my only share share that is doing poorly at the moment. So let's go and have a look at Challenger. I'll just bring it up on the, the charts at this point in time. Now she said she bought it at $7.88. Um, and here's, we'll just go and use my little tool here. $7.88 would be around about roundabout here. So at this point in time, I'm not sure exactly why you bought the stock at that sort of position here because $7.88, if we go and look at the weekly chart here, we're talking up around, that's $8.11, eighty. It was already falling away here. So it wasn't necessarily great. This was a big, big signal that it was going to fall anyway. Uh, there's price pattern and time we talk about in the marketplace. That was suggesting me that was more likely to drop out of bed and, and it is much a, a very, very bearish stock at this point in time. Um, it could be finding some support around here, um, but I, it does need to be um, confirmed first. Right now, it does still look bearish. I need to s assume it's going to continue to be bearish until it proves to me that it's not bearish. I don't just buy because it starts to move up. We've had one, two, two weeks up. This was an inside bar trading down last week. If I just bring that up so you can see it a little bit easier. It was a little bit closed up a little bit, but if we get another down bar this week or two more bars down the bar this week, it will go below that. If it does go below this high here at $6.95, I will start to change my opinion because it'll start looking like it's a little bit more bullish, but not a much good news for you at this point in time. But uh, again, it just shows why you need to have stop losses because if you bought it at 7.88, let's go and put our little tool on here 
788, roughly about there. So you were down um, at one stage, if you went down there, 21%. Um, and currently you're sitting down at around a 14% loss. So it is a bit concerning when you do have stocks falling away. Always have a downside risk covered. Uh, let's get into the next stock or next question that we've got. Uh, it's from Jacob Gregory he says, hey mate, what's your thoughts on AMI Metals purchase price at 63, 63 cents? Um, last price, um, 42 cents after paid touch purchase price, 19.27, last price 23. Uh, looks like you're losing on both of those stocks. Zip, uh, zip pay purchase price 2.15, last price $3.16, you're winning on that one. Um, all my stocks were going up very well until about the 18th of June. Uh, then at the end of the month, everything just kept going down and I'm hopeful and waiting for them to go back up to sell some of my positions. Um, should I keep holding on or when would be a good time to be looking at getting rid of them in advance? Basically how you've written that tells me you don't have a lot of rules around what you're doing in terms of buying and selling and managing your portfolio. Buy my book, it's simple. 30 bucks, fix all of that. And seriously, it will. Uh, it will tell you how to manage all of that portfolio. Now, looks like people don't ring me or ask me questions when stocks they own are going up because they just think everything's great and they've made some great decisions. But it's so much more important to understand how to manage your portfolio when your stocks are falling. One thing is, is, is you shouldn't look at um, always have those triggers from that point of view is like where to buy, where to sell. Buying more or waiting for them to go back up to get into a profitable situation before you sell. That shares, shares with me you're very much a beginner because that's also not a smart way to invest. You don't just try and hang on to a share, wait for it to get back to your buy price uh, in the hope that you'll get back the money that you put into the share. That's sort of what I call it the buy and pray method um, of investing. Always have a strategy, always have some structure. I will look at a couple of the shares for we're looking at AMI first and then I'll have a look at Afterpay. Here's AMI and look at this stock, it's just going down and we can see Aurelia Minerals here. That's tied back here in March 2019 if we look at that. It's fallen very, very heavy now. Obviously it's, it's concerning. At this point in time, there is no good news. It's down 60% since March of this year. Right now it's falling. Um, I wouldn't own this stock. I would never have bought this stock uh, basically and currently I wouldn't have my money in the stock. What you do is up to you. Now, I always say to people, that first loss is always the best one. Always take, the, the first loss teaches you a hell of a lot about understanding and protecting that downside risk. And right now, your downside risk is quite high. Um, I'm not gonna tell you how far it's gonna go, and it's up to you whether you hang on to it or you sell it or how you do that. It really is, but I would suggest it's, it's giving you a good education at this point in time. Let's have a look at Afterpay, so that's APT. Uh, this is a stock that you are making money on. It, it, it has been looking good, although we do have a little bit of indecision all the way through here, but uh, you know, it struggled here. It got that high there at 28.70. Uh, it tried to push through there, got 28.76 and came right back off it. So it is struggling to move up at this point in time and does look a little bit indecisive and bearish. I would suggest if this starts to fall away, because uh, it's not saying to me it's strong and it's going to rise strongly from this current point. If it does start to fall away, I'd start to put an exit strategy on it. Uh, one of the ones we teach in my book is just 15% off a high price. So if you look at that, it's already triggered that. Um, and the thing is, it's not about whether it, it goes up for here or goes down here. It's about protection of capital. If you don't lose your capital, then you don't have to work as hard to get it back. If you don't lose 50%, you don't need to make 100% to break even. 
because that's what has to happen with the remaining capital if you do break even. If you lose 10%, it takes 11% growth to get that back again to where you were. So that's why I was saying a little bit earlier, if you're waiting to get backed up to your buy prices for some of these stocks, you're gonna, you may be waiting for years or, or months that, for it to get back up to that even. And for some people it's never, and we've seen, I've seen that so many times over the decades that I've been helping people. But right now uh, it doesn't look good. Afterpay doesn't look good. And obviously AMI definitely doesn't look good to me. We've also got a question now from John Salsa, a little wage increase, full-time unemployment decline, shop closures, more prevalent homeless increase, house prices dropping, are the markets doing well under these conditions? Um, absolutely, the markets are doing well under these conditions. And in fact, uh, in recessions, the market goes up. And that's seriously, when you go and study recessions, the market generally goes up. We have bits of dips, but the generally the market does go up because we've got low interest rates, all sorts of other things. So people do look at value. And when we're looking at things like superannuation and managed funds, they still need to invest. And they're trying to get the best value for their investors. And that quite often happens in poor market conditions. Right now, dividend yields are higher than interest rates. Stocks are doing well. So yes, it does happen. But that's it for me. Good luck, good trading. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.